This podcast is intended for mature audiences and contains adult language and subject matter. Listeners, please be advised. To another spectacular episode in season two of Drinking with Your Ex. I am Bonnie Neen. And I am Blake Thompson. And we have brought to you this podcast called Drinking with Your Ex and Other Bad Ideas, mainly because Blake and I are exes. And we are in, you know, weirdly still friends after <laughs> that happened. And we uh, decided in to. In our 40s. We are in our 40s, and we are both single in our 40s, and uh, tend to have real strong opinions about why both of us are both still single and in our 40s. Super strong opinions, everyone. And if you're still here with us, oh my God, you know why both of her and I are still single. It's no longer a mystery. We have revealed it to the world. You're welcome. Sorry. Uh, anyway, this is our podcast where we talk about relationship and dating, and we have three rules. Yeah, the first rule is each episode is inspired by some type of cocktail and or beverage of the alcohol nature. Correct. And the second rule is that Blake and I both get to introduce the other, thus engaging in the always fun edge play of having your ex introduce you to the world. And then the third rule is... The fun third rule is each one of us, based on the topic of today... Asking an uncomfortable question of the other. There's no backseas. There's no timeouts. There's no, I would like to phone a friend or, you know, maybe I could present the answer in writing. Why am I pull a timeout signal so we can stop recording to recover? Then we just power on through. But yes, uncomfortable questions about the topics and you must freaking answer. So yay, thank you for enjoying this and joining us on our um, interesting extravaganza. So this week's topic is love bombing. Love bombing. Blake, please read a definition of love bombing for love people bombs. that are not familiar with it. <clears throat> okay. Love bombing. The action or practice of lavishing someone with attention or affection, especially in order to influence or manipulate them. Just so you know, cults often use tactics like love bombing to lure new members. So it obviously works is what I hear you saying. (laughs) Yeah. So as we know, love bombing is a controlling and manipulative tactic most often used by narcissists and abusive people. They seek to quickly obtain affection and attention before tearing their victims down. Love bombing was one of our four pillars of emotional manipulation in which we referenced for the first time in our season finale of season one uh titled how to get your ex back love bombing beaming one of those tools in which to do it and we had some feedback from listeners who were like absolutely can you kind of explain what these emotional tools are and i'm like okay yeah um i'm sorry you don't know but you do know we're we're, we're not here to actually encourage and better train uh, yes, the sociopaths out there but we are here to educate and maybe uh make clear some of the ways in which um, basic humans manipulate you and so you can make better choices in this dating world. And love bombing is a big one because it's an easy one. Well, and we're here to kind of talk about what are the, we're getting ahead of ourselves, what are the kind of distinctions of it? So, all right, first rule, this week's topic is brought to you by that Wonderful carafe of mimosas at brunch. Oh, yes. The uh, carafe of mimosas, also known as the brunch equivalent of love bombing. Nothing can go wrong with this plan. Uh, Buy one, get one free. I'm sure you know that um, (laughs) nothing's good going to happen from this. When they walk by and go, hi, would you like a carafe of mimosas? You could look over, your eyes glaze over, and you go... Yes, of course. That would be spectacular. That would be wonderful. What could go wrong with this plan? It's foolproof. Excellent. So this week is brought to you by Bucket Carafts of Mimosas on Brunch. <laughs> uh, second rule is we both get to introduce each other. All right, Blake, you go first. All right. Let me introduce my ex, Bonnie Neal. Bonnie Neal is a fantastic mortgage broker in the city of Austin, Texas, and she's also licensed in other states. 
five states. Five, five. Count them five, everybody. That's true. Five states. And she is a consummate connoisseur of your bourbon, scotches, whiskeys, and ryes. Oh, huh? That was really nice. I'm a mortgage banker when I'm a broker, but I like it. That was really nice. I have the power sometimes. <laughs> Lord, now I have to think of a nice one. Um, I get accused a lot of being the mean one and Blake the nice one, which is <laughs> unfair uh, and wildly inaccurate. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Blake Thompson, my ex of 20 years. And I will say, despite what snark he does or does not share with you guys on these particular podcasts, I will say that at his core, Blake is a very, very kind man. That his main engagement with the world is through kindness. And that is a very attractive trait. It is a somewhat underrated and um, underappreciated trait in our uh, world of modern toxic masculinity. So if you're thinking about it, keep an eye out for kindness, especially seen in someone like Blake Thompson. Oh, I know, right? Oh, my God. You can't be nice to me. Look at how sweet I am. <laughs> I love the reflective glory. Thank you, everybody. Yay. It was nice. All right. Uh, so let's just dive in, right? Our, yeah. Today's topic, love bombing. So you've had a lot of conversations around this i the problem with love bombing is it's really hard to identify when you're the recipient of it because love bombing is literally a bomb coming at you that looks a lot like love right it looks a lot like caring it looks a lot like thoughtfulness thoughtfulness and kindness and hitting all those buttons that make you get all warm and gushy inside so what how do you how do you tell the difference between being love bombed and having someone show a genuine authentic gesture towards you right like i i got into this conversation with a friend of mine um last friday because she was kind of detailing a six-month very fucked up relationship that she had with a guy that she met online and kind of walking through some of the details of it i was like oh that's love bombing love bombing love bombing and she's like what does that mean i was like well he did things, you know, to keep you coming back, right? I have like, uh, was it Diana Ross in my head? You don't really love me. <laughs> you just keep me hanging on. Right? It is that, right? Where that uh, every time you got suspicious about some of the ways in which I think he was blatantly lying to you, he would love bomb with a grand gesture, right? A grand romantic gesture, grand like expensive dinner, a you know, recreation of a sexual fantasy, right? There's a lot of different ways in which to love bomb presents. Watch out for flowers, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, that's a different story. I have strong feelings about flowers. <laughs> uh, and, you know, what? it's hard to tell, right? Because when somebody does something that's really nice and thoughtful um, that makes you feel loved and seen, how, I mean, how do you, how do you be suspicious of that? Or unless you're me and you really shouldn't be me. And um, if all in all, you know, honesty, one should not be me when you're approaching suspiciousness. But also it's a challenging part where everyone wants their partner to do something nice for them. Yes. And it's a real challenge when you see your partner come in and do something incredibly thoughtful where they know you and they've done everything to put something together. Could be a surprise party. Could be an ostentatious gift. It could be. All right. Well, let's get into the details about it. Let's do a comparison because this was we were talking about this conversation. Blake brought up an incident in which he feels I love bombed him when we were dating, and then he brought up an incident in which he feels that I helped his last girlfriend love bomb him. That I facilitated. I was the enabler. I was a love bomb, like, I don't know, pimp of it all. And I was like, shit, well, I mean, like, let's break that down. All right, let's start with when you felt like I loved bombed you. Tell me, tell the story. Okay, so this is back when Bonnie and I were dating way back in the 1990s. The towers were still in the air. I believe the this, towers were I believe still this in the was air. the summer of 1999, if you want to get specific. This was the summer of 1999, everyone. Mm -hmm. So at the time, it was my birthday. And, um, which is in the end of June, which is in the end of June. Thank you. A mm -hmm. uh, group of friends got together and they were taking me to my favorite French restaurant down in below Canal Street. Correct. Uh, to also set the scene, Blake and I've been dating for about a year and a half at that time, but it was also summer. I just graduated from college and I had gone back to Texas for the summer. So I was not, um, in New York city and, um, we were long distance dating at this time. And Blake and his friends had decided to take him to 
God, what was that French? I, I can't remember, remember the, the name, name of the to save my life. Yeah, I remember this French because it no, because unfortunately, it no longer exists in New York City. Well, they disappear every two years. Yeah. But yes, All right. but again, fantastic French restaurant, and I'm sitting there, and we're talking about gifts and things like that. Then all of a sudden, Bonnie walks in and goes, "Here's your gift." <laughs> <laughs> because that's how I like to give gifts, being like, "I've spent no money on it. I've bought you nothing. You're welcome. You're welcome. Your gift is me. You're welcome." And I was just like, all of a sudden, doing the hand fan, like, "Oh, oh my god!" <laughs> Congratulations, happy birthday! Uh, your your out of town girlfriend showed up without telling you. Yay! Yay. And I'm mean, like, and honestly, it was love bomb because I wasn't expecting it, and it was amazing. Like, I had all the good feels, all the warm cockles in my heart were, like, going, boosh, oh, my God, this is awesome. It was a surprise, right? Um, and I usually don't like surprise birthday parties, but I did work hard with your friends to to be a surprise. I was really glad to learn that me showing up was a good surprise. Yay. <laughs> it's a bit of a, okay, I see what you see. Like, like that was a bit of a test, right? What if it had been a bad surprise? Um, no, like I, at the time I thought it was a really good surprise. All right, then why in retrospect do you think of that as love bombing? Well, because it's obviously an act that's going to, Contribute to an extreme emotional response from the receptor, the, the receiver, of, the receiver of yes, of this um, gift, right? Yeah. See, the things that I would think in retrospect, sort of red flag it for me as love bombing, is that it was public. Mm -hmm. Is that this was a public thing that happened, right? The surprise happened in a public place around all of your friends. Right, and all of your friends were in on the joke. Um, yeah, I was in, not in on the in on the thing. I was completely oblivious to everything happening around me. Yeah, and that I might have prevaricated, maybe slash outlight lied to you about what my plans were around your birthday, right? Because obviously, I wasn't going to tell you I was coming to New York. Yeah, so it was it was public with a lot of lying around it. The reason I defensively, in retrospect, say it wasn't love bombing because I was not purposefully intending on manipulating you into <laughs> remaining in a relationship with me, even though that was obviously the wonderful outcome, um, <laughs> is that it was like we'd been dating a while, right? Yeah. And um, it had been dating a while. We were prepared for this long-term physical distance, right? Yeah. I was planning on being in Texas for three months, if not longer. Yeah. You know, uh, and so this was a surprise trip back to see you that uh, for your birthday that was meant to be a at the time meant to be a really nice and thoughtful thing that I knew you would like. And I had some, it wasn't just that I just showed up and say, Hey, it's me. You're welcome. But that I also had plans, right? Mm -hmm. I had play tickets, which was an entirely different story. We'll move on from that. Right. But I, I planned to like a, you know, fancy weekend for you. And those are things that you like. Yes. Right. But that felt love bombing. You felt it was manipulative in retrospect. I didn't say it was manipulative. I said that was love bombing. So we've established that love bombing is an emotional manipulation tool. What is the difference between love bombing, which is an emotionally manipulative tool, versus... But if you look at it, like, I mean, it's a grand gesture. It is a grand gesture. A grand gesture publicly. Yes. It was a grand gesture publicly, which could be perceived as love bombing. At the time, I thought I was just giddy and just like elated that that you were there on my birthday oh all right well i don't think we've i don't i'm not quite sure you've fully why do you think it was love bombing and i'm just gonna like let you say it. like why do you think it was love bombing i thought i just did mm -mm, i didn't hear an answer oh you didn't hear an answer yes because it was a grand grand gesture everybody was in on it and so there was something about the joy that felt a little pressuring a little bit okay okay a little bit like all of a sudden it's like Everybody was in on the plan except me. Right. So everybody's been lying to you. Yeah. Uh, for this grand surprise. That, yeah. And yeah. I thought, it's like, okay, going to be out with my friends on my birthday. You know, the person I'm currently involved with is 8,000 states away. Yeah. What if we and I had been having a fight, right? You still would have had to smile your way through it, right? Yeah. I would have had to fake my way through it. It's like, oh, Bonnie's back. Yay. Yay. <laughs> It was cornering you, right? It was yeah. it was trapping you in its way, and so it was it's controlling. It's controlling yeah. behavior. It's controlling. You were in control in that entire situation. I was, and I got everybody else to accede to my control. You did to do this very nice thing for you, right? Which is also something that didn't check in with you, right? Didn't didn't, yeah. Hmm. 
<sighs> okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, I can see how, yeah. Because I do know that if the roles had been reversed, I would not have been happy. Yeah. I fucking hate surprises. I hate fucking oh, surprise parties. I know this. I hate, <laughs> I hate all of that thing. I would have exploded. I, well, no, I wouldn't have. I would have gotten real fucking quiet. And then on the cab ride home, I would have, yes. So. Yeah, you would have torn into me. Like five ways from Sunday. Yes, yes, I would have. Because it's like, what are you doing? What kind of surprises are you doing? Yes, because surprises means I cannot trust you. Right. Hmm. And I would have been eviscerated. Hence why it's considered love by me because it's not a two-way street. No, that's true. Okay, that's true. Mm-hmm. All right, moving forward from that, let's just not linger on the past. It was, it was okay. I'm, I'm sorry, actually. I see in retrospect how that was very controlling and really more about me than it was about you right i kind of made my birthday really all about me it did in the planning of it yeah i did yeah all right okay well that's what you get for dating a fucking 19 year old girl anyway (laughs) not defensive at all about that at all shut up shut up Mm -hmm. Uh, well, and apparently I did the exact same thing now that I'm like, actually, now that we've drawn a correlation between it. So when you and your ex, your most recent ex started dating, you and I were roommates, right? Yeah. Uh, we were sharing a two bedroom apartment with a very bossy cat. Super bossy cat. And judgmental she, as well. Oh my God. She was a mean, hateful bitch. I loved her. <laughs> Miss her. R.I.P. Tori. Your ex reached out to me because she wanted she wanted to surprise you, right? And we're, maybe you're just attracted to women who want to surprise you as a form of control. Just saying, like, we should, this should really about you, not me. Uh, but I don't know. Are you trying to ask me for a safe word right now? I had forgotten about this. But, yes, your ex reached out to me and asked if I could let her into the apartment because she wanted to decorate your room and our common space for was it for your birthday? Was that what it was for, or what was it for? Was it just like a Wednesday? It was just. It was a, just a, no. This was no special occasion. It was no special occasion, and this was in the first like six months of y'all dating. Was that when it was? Yeah. Okay. So she asked me, you know, hey, I want to do this really nice thing for Blake. When are you going to be home? That he's not going to be home because I want to decorate things. And how did she decorate things? I really don't remember. Sorry. Uh. Okay. So my ex put up, as we all know, I'm a fan of craft anything. Drinking, let it be beer, bourbon, rice, scotch, what have you. You're, you're a fan of the artisan arts, especially involving booze and food. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's the key to my and heart. And leather. And leather. <laughs> but anywho, so what she did was she came in and she decorated the entire apartment with streamers and all these beautiful decorations surrounded by all this amazing craft beer. Ah, that's right. I think there was 10 different kinds of craft beer from just different places that I liked. Yeah. From conversation and whatnot. And I was completely floored. And you kind of came home from work, right? And walked into this. Yeah, I, I came home from, I remember coming home from work because at the time I was working in, as Bonnie likes to call it, Arkham Asylum. You were working in Arkham Asylum. You were working for a really fucked up mental health institute here in uh central texas texas is medieval in its mental health practices especially in locked wards yes and he was working there arkham asylum arkham asylum i had an excruciating day at work i came home and i walked into this and i was floored well once again you walked into a surprise yeah a controlling surprise where your really only acceptable emotional reaction is unmitigated joy yeah talk about being cornered and also it was a surprise around my space. Yeah, I'm thinking about that now, being like, man, I let a predator come in and literally pee all over your space. Wow, or not, not a predator, but I let like a, a stranger or, you know, I, I just let somebody, I violated the roommate rules I did. I'm thinking, wow, well, I mean, I'm an asshole. My entire room was decorated. My dining room was decorated. And the living room was decorated. And there was craft beer everywhere. So how did how did you feel when you walked through the door? I was speechless. I never had anybody do anything like that before. So that's not a what? feeling, but how did that feel? Mad, sad, glad, scared. Yum, yuck. Shocked. So shock's not a feeling. Shock's not a feeling, but I mean, it was... Like, my fight-or-flight response was kicked in because, ah. like, I was not something I was not expecting. Surprises. At the time because it was a big surprise. And surprises are threatening. They really are. They're, they're more fun for the people staging the surprise than they are for people getting them. Right, true. right, right. And I, at the time, I didn't know what to do. 
I was just, no one had ever did anything like that for me. Okay. And in retrospect, how does that particular incident fit into the context of the overall relationship? Oh, no, I was gushy. I was stupid. Oh, my God. Like, I'm doing the hand fan and whatnot. So you took it, so it it, it hit you like a bomb of love, right? And you felt very loved. Yes, I did. But hindsight 2020. Right. It was also a violation of boundaries in hindsight. I, I was a bad roommate. I'm sorry. I didn't think that through. I remember her telling me she wanted to do it. And I just obviously remember the last time I did that to you of being like, oh, he loves surprises, said no one ever. Oh, my God. Okay. I just. Mm. So I, I you do like grand gestures. At least that's my experience of you is that you do like grand gestures. Maybe not ones that are as public as the way in which I staged it. And to her credit, hers was not particularly public. It was just me and our very judgy cat. <laughs> you know, but uh, even that in itself is public. But you do like, I know this sounds condescending, but I mean, it like, you like to be taken out and made and, you know, wined and dined and made to feel pretty, right? That's why, like. I am not even remotely arguing that. Uh, you, you do. You like, um, you know, that uh, a way to change Blake's you know, frown into a smile is to, is to, you know, take him out onto the town, spend some money on him, you know, make him feel special and make him feel that, you know, this is, this is a fun time. That is a, that is a way in which, that is a love language in which you respond to. And I guess that's the love languages. That's kind of what a quality time. That's a quality time one, right? Quality time uh, slash experience. Right. You know, I remember telling you that I thought that you know, I'm coming from the burner world, and the burner world's the way burners, most burners express love is acts of service um, and gifting. They like to do things for you or create a gift for you, right? And so when she reached out to me and she wanted to do this for you, she wanted to decorate, I thought it was a way in that she was, you know, trying to love language you in a, you know, reasonably pocketbook safe way, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'd forgotten she bought that much beer. The beer, I just forgot that because I, re- I remember the decorations. I don't remember the beer. Oh, there was a ton of beer. I, uh, it, like, it's like it's telling t- that I don't remember that. Sorry. Like, it took me a minute to drink all of it. Let me put it that way. Well, I mean, and if anybody knows me, I go through beer like a chimp. Yeah, but I'm, I'm glad it took you a while. That's a lot of beer. You should maybe cut that down. Yeah. Uh, love bombing. Okay. Um, you know, she she's also an act of service kind of lover, right? That's how she shows yeah. love. She likes to do things for you. She does like to give things. She's also a gifter. The love bombing. Interesting. For me, I I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that. I was, I, I was a bad roommate. I was a bad roommate. You weren't a bad roommate. Mm, I should have not violated your boundaries in our, you know, your living space like that. Because, again, I would have not responded well if you'd done the same thing to me, right? I just, you know, because I'm... I couldn't imagine. I had problems going into your bathroom getting toilet paper, let alone going into your space at all. I tend to have a very strong force field of get the fuck out uh, around <laughs> all of my space. Danger, danger, beware of dog. Um, But yeah, no, it's true. Interesting. I Yeah, love bombing. I, yes. Yes. I mean... Because like for me, it's... Do you think she was doing it to manipulate you? I don't know. Because you can't really tell in that moment, right? Not even in retrospect. It's not something you can sit there and go, oh, it was this. Because you're not sure. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole key of it. And that's the whole kind of... Because love bombing hits you from left field. It's not something you're expecting. It's always a surprise. Yeah. It's always a surprise. That's And it's always a grand surprise. A grand surprise. Public surprise, right? It's yeah. like proposing at the Yankee Stadium, right, with the the jumbotron on yeah, you, right? The it's, basketball screen kiss type shit. It's trapping. It's, it's, yeah. it's a, and I've always hated those romantic gestures. I always find them very, very, very suspicious. My anecdote with love bombing involves a friend of mine who is also a roommate of mine, and this man was the genius of grand romantic gestures and i've known him since he was like 12 years old so i've seen him come through his adolescence and he was the king of grand romantic gestures when he was in high school and it really just got worse when he was a grown-ass man but i we were living together and his girlfriend we were here in austin and his girlfriend was in new york and they were doing kind of this long distance thing and he had gotten into a flirty McFlirt kind of relationship with somebody at work. Oh. Yep, a flirty McFlirt, which is fine, right? As we, we've said before, flirting is free, right? Until it's not. And she, and this is something he does, and they had gotten into a conversation about, like, childhood treasures or some shit like that, right? And she had talked about some sort of children's book that she just loved, 
you know, I think it was like Grover's first day at school or something like that. And she was like, well, this was a book that grandmother, grandfather, uncle, something about another bought me. And I was read it to me every night. And I just, it was my favorite book ever. It's kind of like how I feel about Good Night Moon or something like that. Right. And he, a couple of weeks later, told me that he had found a copy of this fucking Grover's first day at school children's book. And he was so proud of himself because he was going to give it to her. And I was like, under no circumstances can you give that woman that book. And he was like, what? Why? And I'm like, because fuck you. Why? Because you are in a super creepy. You are in a you are in a committed relationship with a woman that you have no intention of breaking up with. And you are going to give a woman that you have no intention of getting into a deep long term relationship or even just like dating, you're going to give this woman that you have no intention of pursuing in a romantic relationship with this really intimate and thoughtful emotional gift. Why would you do that? And it's because he wanted to feel the way he was going to feel at her adoration of it. And I made him... Narcissist. Well, I made him sit there and say that to me. I'm like, why? Why would you do this? Why would you Why would you do this? Because the only thing that's going to say to her is this man cares about me and, oh, I'm going to fall in love with him. I was like, you're trying to make her fall in love with you? Is that what you're trying to do? And the answer was yes, but he wasn't willing to admit that. He was just desperate, frankly, for some fucking attention and he wanted her adoration. And I was like, you can't, fuck you. No, you can't do that. No, you can't be DFA and go, I'm going to do this to yes. someone that's not expecting it. Well, I, yeah, because it's just, it's an utter fucking surprise. It's a wildly intimate gift It because it's astonishingly thoughtful and meaningful, but you would only give that to somebody that the only way in which giving that gift is a genuine and authentic thing is the feelings behind it are genuine and authentic, right? If his goal with her was, hey, I really, really like and care about you and would like to go further, right? That's the only way in which giving that gift isn't okay. The fact that he was giving that gift and felt absolutely no other obligation than how he was going to feel when she adored him made him a fucking monster to me. And I was like, you can't fucking do that. That's the definition to love bombing. That's what I feel about it is, is when you are doing something to someone or for someone based on how you're going to feel about it afterwards, because you're wanting, you're, you're anticipating basking in their adoration. And now going back to what I did to you when we were dating, I was really looking forward to your joy. And I was actually dictating the only way you were allowed to feel at me at that time. That's love bombing. That's what makes it manipulation, right? That's what makes it an emotional manipulation tool is it is something you do to somebody to control how they feel about you. And you are only really looking forward to the feeling you get when they are feeling something about you. Is that, is that, does that seem an adequate way in which to describe love bombing? Yeah. It does. I feel like in all the stories we've told. I'm sure surprises are good. I'm sure some people like surprises. <laughs> Been married 30 years and you bring home, like, you know, tickets to Paris. I'm not going to sure lie to okay. you. Like, I was always afraid to surprise you because I figured you'd stab me to death. Weirdly, I think I had actually told you the one and only fucking time my friends had thrown me a surprise birthday party and I screamed and threw things at them. And if I'd had a gun, I would have shot them all. Because they jumped at me in my fucking house, much like that, and I just lost my shit on them. I'm not good <laughs> at surprises. I don't like surprises. Yeah. Well, because surprising are, you know, as we're all coming back down to it, like love bombing is a, a controlling dominant behavior, right? It is. And on like you're owning the room when you love bomb. You are. You're owning the room. You're owning them because you're mm-hmm. you're so hyper controlling how the other person is supposed to feel right you're you're manufacturing it you're staging it and it's all about really how you want to feel love bombing at the end of the day is about the person love bombing yeah it's about how they it's never about the other person that's the thing about love bombing it's never about the person that's the target it's about how the person perpetuating the bombing is feeling yeah goes back to well and then to bring it back to flowers right Flowers. 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 So I, um, and, you know, going back to you and surprises and you never wanting to surprise me, you never in your entire existence ever bought me flowers. Ever. Ladies and gentlemen, I love flowers. I love getting flowers. I love seeing flowers. But giving the gift of something that's going to die in a day or two is just rude. Well, I mean, that's generally how I always received flowers that other people gave me because I'm my father's daughter. Right. Uh, And, oh, giving me a symbol of your love that's going to wither and die in three days is, um, you know, a really apt metaphor. Is that really what you're trying to say to me? (laughs) 
Uh, like I said, there, there's a reason I'm a difficult human to date. But that same roommate, same friend of mine, the same instincts in him that zeroed in on this fucking children's book that he was going to buy for a colleague he had no intention of dating. The same instincts that give him that are also the same instincts that give him just an utter, uncanny, on point instinct about when to buy flowers for whatever female that is currently angry at him. And we lived together. And so I'd never been the one like recipient. We were fucking roommates, right? You know, we've known each other since we were preteens. But this is the first time we'd ever actually lived together. And he knew I was pissed as fuck at him. And he comes home with this glass vase. It's a square glass vase with this beautiful open red rose in it in like this white pebble thing. And it was truly one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen. I'd be a sucker for that. And he gave it to me and he's like, hi, Bonnie. I know you're kind of mad at me. So I brought you this thing. And I was like, fuck you. I know why you did this. It's not this beautiful flower's fault that you are trying to manipulate with me. I'm going to put it over here because I love this beautiful flowers. I love it. But no, we are going to fight because what you did has been fucked up. Yeah. But honestly, it did mitigate it. Like I was, uh, you know, it did. I mean, like, cause I just kept on staring at the beautiful flower because I didn't. Yes, I am totally susceptible to the power of flowers, even while knowing that somebody is manipulating me with them. I like, uh, I have friends of mine who are a married couple. And what I like about him is that he just buys flowers just because he buys flowers because it's a day that ends in Y. And sometimes when he and I are hanging out and he's like, I'm about to go home. And he's like, nope, I'm going to stop here and buy some flowers for my wife. And he takes flowers home to his wife just whenever he feels like it. That's pretty cool. That's not love bombing. That's not that's love bombing. Just, that's being loving. Yeah, that's being loving. There's a difference. There is. If you're planning something just because versus... If you're planning something to make somebody feel good, yeah. to make somebody feel loved, and you know that this is a way in which they will feel loved, okay, good on you. If you are planning something to make somebody feel a certain way, to make yourself feel better or to get them to agree to something else, right? To mitigate anger. I don't know. I guess it's love bombing. It's such a, it's such a fine line. It's, it's a hard thing to. It is a fine line. But if you're doing something just because, like you have no ulterior motives, it doesn't matter. You're looking for the feelings of the other individual, not your own. Yes. Even though it does feel good to make somebody you love feel loved. I will say that does feel good. No, yes. absolutely. Not downplaying that at all. But if you're just doing something, cuz, Dan's and why? Hey, I brought you flowers. So, you know, grand gestures around grand anniversaries, maybe not the best of idea, which is the reason I hate Valentine's mm, Day. But coming home, it's like, hey, I got reservations at your favorite restaurant. Just ah, cuz. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Just cuz. Well, and talking to Sean, right, who's going to come on and talk to us about Polly, like, mm -hmm. there is a lot of um, discussion. There, they have an actual phrase for it. I wish I could remember what he told me, what the actual phrase for it was intentional time, right? Mm -hmm. Intentional dates, right? Setting up date nights that are intentional, that are about something that both people like, yeah. right? Or something that brings them together, right? Taking quality time to a different level where quality time is about quality time, both in building the relationship with pleasure and joy, right? Yeah. And having that happen on days that end in Y and also on big anniversaries like birthdays or you know, anniversaries or Valentine's Day or... Or like any insert said, like... Halloween. You know, yeah, the meaningfulness that is President's Day, you know, um, things like that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a hard thing to evaluate in a relationship about whether you're being love-bombed or whether you're not. I think the key to it is whether you're feeling controlled yeah. and by the behavior. And also, if you are actively planning it with your significant other or others, like you're saying about... Polly being very, very scheduled. Very, very scheduled and very, very intentional, right? Yeah, it's very, very intentional. Good good Polly is, Yeah, right? good Polly. So I've planned this evening. We're getting together tonight. We're going to go here. We're going to do this. And we're going to end at your favorite place. Right. That is not love bombing. That is intentional planning, discussing it with the other. There's no surprise. Right. There's no surprise. Or or this, if there is a surprise, it's a consensual surprise. Because I'm, right. actually, I'm actually, you know, going back. Because I'm feeling very defensive about what we've done <laughs> and uh, the ways in which you've called me out. I'm feeling very defensive about that. I'm like trying to, I, I'm trying to delineate like how our relationship has changed mm -hmm. from when we were dating and I did love bomb you with your birthday surprise. I'm willing to admit that that was not my best hour. I was also 19, but I was also not, <laughs> I was not my best hour. 
<laughs> versus after Tori died, right? So uh, you guys don't know this, but um, during our break, I was um, traveling a lot for business. And Blake was house-sitting and cat-sitting for me with a judgmental cat that uh, we lived with when he and I lived together. And I love that cat, everybody. Uh, she was 18 years old. She had intestinal cancer. She was a very hateful bitch, but we loved her to death. And Blake was cat-sitting for me, and he had been, giving her medication and dealing with her. And she died on him while I was out of town. And he had to call me at 8 o'clock in the morning to tell me that my beloved cat of 18 years had died while I was away, the hateful bitch. And I know it fucked him up. I know it deeply fucked him up. It definitely fucked me up. It was just a real hard day. Nobody likes to hear that kind of information. And But you did it. Thank you. You did it kindly and lovingly. And you took care of her, which I know you did. But I also knew that kind of fucked you up. Uh, and, you know, about two weeks later, I took you out and spent a shit ton of money on you. Because uh, we went. <laughs> but I, I made you consent to it. I was like, hey, Blake, I want to take you out. I need you to consent. Let's just go to a lot of fun places that I think you would like to be. Mm-hmm. Let me show you a lot of neat bars that I don't think you've seen before. And then we're going to wind up at... Our New York nostalgia weirdness bar that we have, which is called, it's Everly, which is here in Austin. It's this fancy McFancy Spanchy restaurant that has bought a full fucking bar from a dive bar that Blake and I used to go to in New York City called Cedar Tavern. So this was this tiny little dive bar right off of Washington Square. And he and I used to go there and used to be full of fucking smoke and used to be like people doing like shots of Coke and, you know. And let's be honest, there's a good possible chance that the cigarette burns that are still on that bar belong to Bonnie and I. Yeah, we might have done that. I'm just saying, but this bar and for some reason, some crazy white people, rich people, let's be honest, took that bar and put it into storage. And somehow it's just wound up in fucking Austin, Texas now in this fancy McFancy goddamn restaurant. Yeah. It's a very strange place. But every now and then Blake and I go there because I think he and I are like the only two people in the bar other than the owner who is the one who orchestrated this whole thing that gets why this... The owner and the manager. The owner and the manager who gets why this... It's just so amazing and horrible that this bar is now in Austin. So we did that, right? But I did get your consent to that, being like, I'm going to take you out. You may not know all the places I'm going to take you out tonight, but take you out, make you feel good. That's different. That's consensual love bombing, I guess. That's consensual loving, I guess. No, it was totally consensual. You told me, hey, we're going to do A, B, C, D, and E. I said, okay. And I want to do this for you because thank you for taking I, care of my dead cat. I loved your cat. Thank you. I love my I'm cat. I'm sorry, but even though, now ladies and gentlemen, when Bonnie and I lived together, this cat would stand out. I would open my door in the morning and the cat was standing outside my door staring at me. She was a creeper. Creeper is putting it nicely. Yeah, she was a creeper. But you don't know judgment. Until you've seen an elderly cat staring at you at 7.30 in the morning before coffee. <laughs> She's totally unimpressed. Not impressed with you at all. At all. Uh, she, she was not a super loving cat. Not at all. But uh, she, was, she was reliably judgmental. But yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we're at that time. Uncomfortable questions. Um, I feel like this whole thing has been an uncomfortable question no. for me. But uh, <laughs> you go first. Uncomfortable question. I, don't, I honestly don't have an uncomfortable question for you. Because, again, this has been pretty uncomfortable for you for this entire episode. Again, I feel like you're being, you're playing nice for the audience. And that how, that's how I wind up the asshole. And you I wind up being like. I am not playing nice for Blake's the audience. So, I mean, the feedback. Blake's so nice. Why are you so mean to him? And I'm like, <laughs> is that how it sounds? Really? Is that really? Okay. Fuck you, Blake. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, fine. Let me come up with an uncomfortable question. I knew you had one in you, white boy. Mm-hmm. I always have one in me because it's always lingering in the depths. I thought, I thought so. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. Outside of our relationship, when's the last time you love bombed somebody in the worst way possible? Oh, God. Where it backfired. Ugh. Honestly, I, I, I haven't. I don't. Um, I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really moved to grand gestures. I. Uh, you were the exact last surprise trip birthday party anything i ever planned because i just actually i did have a a honestly i had a gray's anatomy moment where uh there was it's truly it's the gray's anatomy i learned i learned the words for why this is a bad idea and it was uh there was a big surprise party that was planned for meredith or somebody in gray's anatomy and it went horribly wrong and uh sarah maris whom i adore uh had this whole long soliloquy about how Everybody in um, every doctor is essentially like an adolescent because they've just been at school too long uh, and have no socialization and how 
surprise parties are very aggressive, right? Like that people literally jump at you. And I was like, that's exactly what it feels like. And I had this moment where realizing like me having a goddamn surprise party, I hated it so much. I, do, I still to this day can remember in my soul, the stark terror I had uh, at having people jump out at me in my house because they broke into my fucking house to jump out at me. Anyway, I was like, no, I'm never doing that. I'm never participating in one again and I'm never doing one again. I don't. I don't know. I, I feel, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think I kind of maybe swung the alternate way in that I'm very stingy and reticent in showing love. I kind of, one of the reasons I, I got back into therapy when I got back to Austin is because I had a um, casual guy that I was dating. He was a friend of a friend and he was really cute and really hot and very good in bed, but I did not treat him seriously as a real human. And he told me I had a real, um, like, Grinch heart. That's what he told me. He's like, you have a real Grinch heart. He's like, I think it needs to, needs to go three sizes before we can see each other again. And I'm like, whatever, that's fine. But that kind of stuck in my head that I... That's pretty harsh. He's not wrong. I was mean to him. Um, I, I, was, I was mean to him by being very dismissive of him. And that was sort of my modus operandi of the time. It, it, nobody, it, it's fine to know that this, what's happening between us isn't going to last forever. It's another thing to be treated as disposable. And I think I was treating him as disposable. And so that, I think that was something that I needed to hear. And I, yeah, it's a concern I've had of mine that I'm maybe just bad at this loving thing. But I tried to, I don't, I don't like grand gestures. I'm moved by them at times. I have my community, right? The burner community sometimes does huge grand gestures for me that I just sob on. My first birthday during the pandemic, you know, they went out of their way to make this amazing thing happened. They brought me like 25 different people just contributed and bought me a gift certificate and bought me a whole bunch of specialized whiskeys and went out of their way to Aww. safely drop off this gift. And, you know, one of them welded a light up sign with my name. And I just, I, I cried cause I was, you were there, right. You know, yeah. I was just so struck by. It was pretty amazing. Doing things for me um, when I can't do something for them because I sometimes think it's a tit for tat. But I know I'm not a I'm not a particular love bomber. I the way I the way I show love my, my love language is words of affirmation and quality time. So how I show people that I love them is I spend time with them mm-hmm. and I talk to them and I listen to them and I encourage and support them. And that to me in some ways is smaller and quieter but more meaningful than grand gestures. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I, I think you were my last grand gesture and I was 19. <laughs> I don't love, I don't, I don't, I don't grand gesture anymore. And I, I'm very suspicious of them myself. When it's a community, when it's 25 people doing it, then it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. And they didn't jump out at me. They didn't break into my house and jump out at me. Different thing. <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, you know, my community showing up for me are, are ways in which I feel loved, but I don't, I don't think I've ever loved bond anybody. Or probably since you. Sorry. But, you know, that, that entire week, because I was there for a week, that was, that was a strange week. A lot of things went wrong. That was an amazing play, but things went really wrong with that play. And I did, you know, just start thinking about how, I guess I started being concerned if I was cornering you and trapping you and controlling you. And that was, that was something we talked a lot about, remember? Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to be that person. Man, that was real long ago. Did I answer your question? Yeah, you did. Did I feel, did I feel sufficiently uncomfortable while doing it? Yes, you do. You look... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Bonnie looks very awkward right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Uh, well, right back at you, white boy, right? Uh, have you ever love bombed somebody? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Do you want to go with the most recent? you want to go with the most uh, prevalent? I excel at little love bombs. I'm all about doing small gestures that bring you lunch, like making your favorite dinner and doing things. I mean, you really didn't do that when we dated, but I've seen you do that with other yeah. Um, relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And um, is that love bombing when you're doing it? Are you doing it to kind of make sure they're thinking of you? Is it really kind of about sowing those seeds and having uh, the uh, the reflected glory? 60-40. All right. Break that. Break that. Uh, okay. I'll break that down. Like 40% where it's like, hey, I'm just doing this to be nice. And then the 60% where I'm doing it to where it's like, it's making me feel good. Uh, okay. I'm doing this because I really like feeling nice and you feeling nice about me. Yeah. Okay. Flat out. And it's like putting together a special lunch bag for you and bringing it to you at work. That is sweet and thoughtful. Yeah. 
It is, but it's also love bombing. Because it's also public. Yes. Doesn't it, though? Yeah, and it's like, it makes you look fabulous. It also makes you look fabulous to all their coworkers, doesn't exactly. it, Exactly. So I have a... And I learned that from an ex. Ooh, tell me more. My longest-term relationship, my ex would do these grand gestures for me, like drop off lunch at work, do all these things, pick me up, make sure she said hi to everyone. Started realizing that she had much better PR than you did when the relationship went sour? Yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because when that relationship went sour, I had people unfriend me on Facebook. I had people stop speaking to me. I had people question their long-term friendships with me. Because how dare you hurt her that way? Because she's so wonderful and loving, right? Yes. Which is what happens with love bombing, especially when it's mm-hmm. public, right? It, it, it really is just yeah. a, a PR campaign for the perpetrator. Yeah. And which is a control, which back to the emotional controlling thing, it's controlling and manipulation so that even the society thinks you're wrong yeah. to leave somebody who loves you that much. And when we broke up and our relationship went super south and I was leaving to protect me, everyone thought it was my fault and informed me of such. If anybody taught me how to love bombing, it was her because she was the queen of it. And you, you know, learned from the master and therefore have deployed yeah. that exact same tactic. Yes, I did. And you did this. You, you, I watched you deploy that exact same tactic with your last relationship. Yeah. And she was equally suspicious of it, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. And rightfully so. Yeah. A couple of her friends were too. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah. Like, I, I will own this, and this is something, as you know, Bonnie and I are proponents of therapy, something I've talked about. Because it's a power dynamic, right? It it's, is. It's about control. It's about wanting to take control of a relationship, feel powerful in it. Yeah. Feel stable in it, but feel like you have the upper hand in it, right? Like, exactly. Like you're the good that. guy. Forget, forget good or bad. But do you have the upper hand in it? Right. Well, because you have the moral high ground, the romantic high ground, all that kind of. Yeah, you can sit there. And it's like what? There's power here. No, I just, I just want the best for you. Why are you so mad? I'm doing nice things for you. Do you want me to not do nice things? I'll stop right now. Oh, that type of shit. Well, that is something we need to wrap up, but that is something that happens, right? Love bombing, they they give it and then they take it away mm-hmm. because you've displeased them, mm-hmm. right? And so if you displease them, then they'll bring it on back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the manipulation of it. Yep, that is the manipulation of it, flat out. Yeah, it's just real hard to see when you're in it, except it's maybe easier to see when that sunshine has been taken away. So if you wonder if you're in a love bombing relationship, just think about how you feel when it's being taken away. And then- Yeah, when it stops- that's when you go, oh, because my previous relationship, I remember when it stopped. When, when it, you when you stopped love bombing her, when you stopped doing that little shit, or when she stopped trying to break into your house and decorate shit? When did that stop? No, 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 no. Previous, previous relationship. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah, that one. Like, I saw it when it stopped, and I felt it. Oh, when she, when she stopped sucking up to everybody in your life about what an amazing girlfriend she was? Yeah. yeah. And then it was... What have you done wrong? Yeah. How have you displeased me? Yes. And then having friends question, what are you doing? Why have you made her angry? Yeah. Why have you alienated her? Yeah. Like Because obviously her natural state is being this, you know, amazingly beautiful, giving, loving, performative love mm-hmm. human at all times, right? Where this love bombing caused a 3 a.m. intervention between a bunch of friends when I got off work from a bar shift. All right. I need, I need a drink for details. You need to tell me about this. Oh, wow. Uh... <laughs> Well, I'm not mentioning bars or people's names in this situation. All right, but it's in New York City. And but it's-, it's in New York City, so pretty much everybody knows. I'm getting off shift, and it's like, we need to go out and have a talk. And all of a sudden, I had an intervention at 3 a.m. asking me what I'm doing, why am I doing it, who am I doing it with? Oh, they accused you of cheating? Yes. Had she put that thought in their minds, or did they assume that that was the reason why? They assumed that was the reason. Because she had just withdrawn performative love bombing. Yep. And they had noticed. Oh, it was obvious. And assumed it was your fault. Yes. Instantly, my fault. Like, how could you hurt her like that? And I was like, okay, everybody, what the fuck is going on? Two, that's not what's happening. You're seeing the public face. You're not seeing what happens behind closed doors. That's true. Not cool. But it's mind fucking, right? Oh, it was. Like, I was fucked up for weeks. I remember walking in and telling my therapist this, and she had the what the fuck face on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It affected me personally, professionally at the time. Yeah, it was. It's a mind fuck by definition, yeah. right? It's it's emotional manipulation. Yeah, it was emotional manipulation and also 
that's when I was like, okay, I'll gloves her off. I don't give a fuck what the hell I do right now, which was not a healthy response. Fair. Because like me and Jameson and Chasen's skirt became really active at that time. Correct. Uh, maladaptive coping mechanisms. That's another episode. That's another episode. We'll get back to that. But yes, that makes a lot more sense to me about, you know, because when you and I kind of got to be friends again, you behaved differently. Like you'd never done that shit for me. But to be fair, apparently I'm like a feral dog t- trying to <laughs> offer me anything at that point. Right? Nobody buys me flowers because I might, you know, bite them. But yeah, I, I had noticed that behavior in you and I was super suspicious of it. Interesting. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for telling me. Yeah. Like, no, I own all of my poor behavior in the last decade. I'm trying to. I just didn't, I hadn't remembered that particular story between us. It's not one that's not one that's like telling like people that I thought were friends were really invested in your relationship in their perception of your relationship. And it was not about me anymore. Like all of a sudden, I thought you were my friend. Well, I am your friend. That's why I'm trying to like stand up for her. And you're like, I'm not quite sure you understand what that means. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what it was. Like, I mean, I remember like, and one of my friends that was still standing up for me and I told him about it and he's like, dude, that's really fucked up. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Bouncing in the East Village and all of a sudden having an intervention at 3 a.m. after you're like 12 shots of Jameson in. Not a happy time. To be fair, one should not stage an intervention when you're 12 shots of Jameson into anything, right? The intervention's not going to work. Yeah, and especially me. Fair. Well, there we go. There you go. There's our there's our episode on love bombing. I hope we've we've broken it down for people a little bit more. I did have, you know, people were like, you need to tell us more about these four yeah. emotional manipulation tools. I hope we have not taught you how to do it. I yeah, hope we've better taught you how to identify it. Identify it. Don't do it. If you're doing something nice, do it from the side of just cause. And private. I do think there's something to be said for private. Private. Don't make it a public and and if you want to do something public, I feel like you should get consent on that. Like ask, hey, I'm going to stop by your job. Do you mind if I bring you lunch? Yes. I'm going to stop by your work after work. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Have dinner with you? That type of thing. Right. Don't don't be sting from, you know, every breath you take. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Ask permission. Because, you know, love bombing also seems like stalking. Yeah. All right, Blake. Well, thank you for being uncomfortable with me. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I hate that word. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I love being uncomfortable this evening. I really appreciate it. Oh, you did it really well. You made me really uncomfortable from the get-go. So fair's fair. Awesome. <laughs> love it. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. I am Bonnie Neal. I am Blake Thompson. It's time for a refill. Damn straight. <laughs>